Welcome back to Grazia Life Advice. I'm Lottie Jeffs. Thank you so much for joining us. This time, we are with an actor who you may know as Doctor Who's companion, and she's currently starring in a West End play. My name is Nandip Gill, and I'm an actress on Hollyoaks, Doctor Who, and can currently be seen on the West End in A Ghost Story 222. And I'm this week's guest on the Grazia Life Advice podcast. Mandip tells us about growing up with financial responsibility ingrained in her family from a surprisingly early age. One of my sisters, I'm one of seven, she wanted to be an accountant and so she used to take us pocket money off us, save it, but she used to come round with her little notepad and get it off and put it in a money box. We chat about the value of taking it easy in life and being almost too good at self-care. I should live till I'm about 100 because... I enjoy myself, I massage my face, I relax, I put my feet up, I watch television, I stop watching television when I'm bored. Finally, Mandip talks about how our best friendships aren't necessarily the ones we've had for the longest. And so I do think it's really important to just step back and assess your friendship groups and whether they're still working. All of that plus continually changing, looking after your teeth and the exciting twist in her West End debut. Hi, Mandip. Thanks so much for being the guest on our show today. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Thank you for having me. So you're in a West End show at the moment, which I haven't seen, but I feel like I have because I've read so much about it and seen so much about it on social media. But like, how are you feeling? Has it has it sort of kicked off? Are you exhausted? Are you doing two shows a day? We do eight shows a week, which is um, four shows on a weekend, so I'm actually currently tired. I think we're about at 60 shows of 137, but I am having the best time. And also, you said that you've read stuff about it and you've seen stuff, quite a lot of like reviews and loads of people have seen it, but there is something that's actually not been revealed and when I went to go audition for it, nor could I find it anywhere, and I think that's what makes it so exciting. You might have seen a message somewhere that says, Psh, don't tell, because there is like an amazing part that's never been revealed and I think that's what's so exciting is and I love the vocal reaction to the whole play in general but then when that happens the reaction that you get back from the audience is absolutely amazing I think it's a brilliant play I think what shocks people is it's so funny considering it's about ghosts (laughs) amazing oh my god I definitely want to go and see it now that sounds incredible um but we're here to talk about your life advice um And we're going to kick off with some good pieces of advice. And your first piece of advice is a very, um, a very practical one and something that I feel like I really agree with as I get a little bit older in life. And it's to look after your teeth and your knees. Tell me, (laughs) tell me more about this one. (laughs) Well, I don't know where it came from, but I have to say um, the people in my family don't tend to look after their teeth or knees. And so it, I guess it's probably come from a place of me seeing what happens when you don't do that. But um, I wasn't very good at looking after my teeth either until the last couple of years where now I like brush them religiously. I floss. I really look after them. To be honest, I do eat a lot of sugar. So I'm actually going against my own advice. But I just think it's I've read, I must have picked it up, read it or seen it somewhere. And I just think that is so important. Teeth, you just can't get back. You know, when you have those dreams and your teeth fall out and it's supposed to be about anxiety, but it brings on anxiety for me because I'm like, you can't grow them back. You can fix a bone, you can grow your hair back, but your teeth, you can't get them back. And I'm glad I've discovered it 
in my 30s um, because I actually weren't very good at looking after my teeth. Um, I've not always been good at looking after my teeth, but going forward, I definitely will. And in terms of knees, like my family have got like a lot of arthritis and I just don't want to be that person that's like, I can't bend over, that can't pick things up, that can't walk up the stairs. So I do a lot of weightlifting and I always, I've always, always been into stretching and mobility and flexibility but I think it's come off the back of seeing what happens when you don't look after your teeth and knees amazing amazing advice and an opportunity for me to make my dad's favorite joke which is bad knees run in our family (laughs) Um, uh, so thanks for that I definitely need to start um paying a bit more attention to those areas of the body for sure your second piece of advice mandip is um maybe you could tell me this one actually tell me your second piece of advice so the second piece of advice I, again don't know where i picked it up from but it is definitely something that i have lived by throughout my whole acting career and that's do some work for the soul and some for the savings and by that i mean sometimes it's projects that you won't earn any money on um, you'll do it for free and it's a passion project and I think even at this point in my career that is still something that I look for I think sometimes you just have to do things that are for your soul and not for your savings and that could be a project that you're passionate about inspired by it's um, a character that you've always wanted to play it might not get seen and it might not go very far but I also think that's what keeps this whole acting process alive for myself and then there are some times when you just have to do jobs for the savings and you have to be quite honest with yourself as to why you're doing certain jobs and I think that's okay and I don't think it's soul destroying but just know that sometimes some of it is for the savings you know we have bills to pay and that's okay too but if I think if you make a nice conscious balance between the two you can have a better journey in the long run. You can't do them all for your soul because they're not going to get paid. You can't do them all for the savings because then you're going to be, your soul's going to be destroyed, basically. And do you find it easy enough when you are doing the jobs that aren't necessarily the ones that are feeding your soul? Do you find it easy to give the same amount to those jobs? Yeah, because one, I absolutely love acting. I forget how much I love it until I'm doing it. I'm like, oh my God, I love this so much. Like I've never worked a day in my life, if I'm honest, because I'm doing what I love. So I, I definitely always give 100%. I just know it's there's been times when I've done jobs that are not always the story that I would like to tell. And actually, if I had a choice, it's not a story that I don't want to tell. There are just other stories that I would prefer to tell. And I know when I'm doing that, that this is a story that it's like, this story might have been told a million times over or I don't play a massive part in it or the story doesn't shift or evolve in the way that I'd like it to but I'm still enjoying it because I still then get to act Mm, absolutely and I guess you know you still see even the most successful actors in the world are still taking the sort of advertising jobs or you know you can tell that there's a certain sort of cynicism sometimes with some of these other actors who doing things that are quite obviously not going to be passions for them but you know even they need to they need to keep the Malibu house don't they so exactly that's what I always say that I just say we've got bills to pay and people have children and there's mortgages and that's the way life works and we can't always just choose things that we like doing and you can't not earn money if we're being honest just that's just not how it works I know unfortunately (laughs) Your third piece of advice is that you are allowed to change. 
I really like this one. Tell me about why it's something that's come to you now and how you've changed. It's not just come to me now. It's come to me in the last few years. I think what happened is I changed as a person. I got older. I got new friends. I went in a different direction with my career. I moved cities. And I think what happened is a lot of people, though they didn't necessarily say it to me, I think what had happened is some people around me had seen that had changed. And I find that it's always said in a negative way. And I realised you're allowed to change. You know, I didn't spend all those years learning new experiences, meeting new people, reading books, listening to podcasts, watching television, only to stay the same. And that's what I think is important about this life advice is people will always use it in a negative connotation but actually even if you don't change it's fine but if you do change that is okay and I've definitely changed loads naturally naturally I'm a different person from when I was 16 but even in the last year I mean (laughs) I used to be a really angry person not saying that I'm not now but like I'm a bit more like as you get older I'm a bit more like you know life's too short there's a lot of things you can't change uh, the situation is what it is and it, it's dependent on what you put towards it so you could make it funny even if it's a really bad situation if I decide that that situation's funny it's funny because I've decided it's funny it can be angry if I've decided and I think that's what I've learned most recently is I've been reading a book the situation is only the situation until you put whatever emotion you want onto it but just generally speaking it's okay to change and most times they're not, you're ne- not really changing for the worse. You're always changing for the better. And of course you're going to change because your circles change, your experiences, relationships, life, jobs change. I meet new people all the time. Something that I've found though, is that there are some people who don't want you to change and feel threatened by you changing. And I'm thinking specifically of sort of school friends that maybe their lives or their careers haven't sort of changed them as a person. And then there can be a sense of like, oh, you think you're better than us now because of this. Is that something that resonates? Well, that's exactly what it is. It's always when people say it, it, I feel like it comes from their perspective, which is, oh, you think you're better than us. And what I've tried to do with it is, I don't think I'm better than you. I don't think I'm anything. I just think we've outgrown each other. And I'm okay with that. And yes, I have changed because I haven't spent the last 10 years educating myself to stay the same. Absolutely. We are just going to jump to a quick ad break, but we will be right back. And we're back with Mandip, who is sharing her amazing life advice with us. And we're on to her fourth piece of advice, which is a very practical one yet again, but very timely as we're recording this in, in July. And it is to use sun cream. Yes. It's quite a sad piece of advice because whenever I used to use sun cream, it always reminded me of a holiday because that's the only place I ever used it. But now I use it every single day, factor 50. And so now the smell is not associated with holiday, basically, so it's quite upsetting. But I visited a lady called Pamela Marshall who runs Mortar and Milk uh, maybe about four years ago, and she gave me the best advice. She told me all about products, the molecules in products, what actually can go through your skin, what can't go through your skin, what active to use. And I think the best piece of advice I took away from her was to use sun cream every single day. And the way that I've actually fitted it into my life is it now is my moisturiser. So I actually can't leave the house without it because I need to moisturise my face. I don't think we realise how much damage the sun does. And even when it's cloudy, this is a 
another thing that Pamela taught me. There are still damaging UV rays, which you can actually get. You can see on an app the, the rays that come through. But it's really easy to go, it's cloudy today. Because to me, I only ever associated sun cream with holiday because it was sun. Though we can't see it, there's still sun rays that are damaging. So mm. I use it every day now. But I can't leave the house without it because she put it into my routine so much so that it's now a massive part. Like my face would be so dry without it. And what's the end game? Is it to try and look younger for longer? I guess I'm not too bothered about looking younger for longer. In a, It's a personal thing where I'm like, you're supposed to get older. Like gravity is a thing that I cannot defy. I don't mind aging. I've always thought age is a gift that a lot of people don't get. It's a present that a lot of people don't receive. And that also came from something that had happened that I'd experienced that then taught me that. That could have been another piece of life advice. But age is... Age is a present that not everyone gets. So I'm not too hung up on trying to look younger and trying to defy gravity. But I think it's just having sun damage, which actually then can lead to like bigger problems more than looking younger. Mm. What do you think it is that means that people are reluctant to do things like that? Because I feel like we all know that we should use sun cream, but not a huge amount of people do I think it's just that you feel like it's extra steps in your day you're already saying I'm waking up showering brushing my teeth put my moisturizer on you we're already drawing our eyebrows on and putting mascara on I feel like there's already so many steps in our routines and that's what I thought was great about meeting Pamela is she didn't add add steps in we took other stuff out of my routine and replaced it and I think that's the only way it really works for me. I do have quite a lot of steps in my routine, but that's actually because I love touching my face. <laughs> I'm really big into face yoga and squishing my skin. <laughs> um, amazing. I feel like this is a really unnatural segue now to uh, from your from squishing your face to your <laughs> fifth piece of advice, which is to choose your closest friends wisely. Yeah, I think... A lot of people will have heard this. It goes around the internet quite a lot. You know, you're most similar to your five closest friends. I'm not saying your five closest friends are those that you should choose wisely. I just mean generally. We educate our friends. We, we're constantly speaking to our friends. That's where I get a lot of my communication from is via friends. And I think if that's not chosen wisely, you are then taking in a, could be taking in a lot of toxic information, generally a lot of information that you don't need or conversations that you don't need to be having and so I do think it's really important to just step back and assess your friendship groups and whether they're still working we outgrow people and I think we have to know that that's okay to outgrow people we don't have to be friends with our school friends or our university friends and I find new mates all the time because of my line of work I'll go to a job and I connect with people so easily. And I'm like, they're my best friends forever. And like people laugh at me all the time, but I am so fortunate to, in, to be in a place as an adult where I can actually make friends. Because not many people get to make friends as an adult. You sort of set where you go to work and you set friends and you set what you do on weekends. So I really like, I revel in the idea that I can always make new friends, which I do quite often. But if I do outgrow people... I'm okay with that or if people outgrow me. I just think you can be surrounded by uh, toxic information and toxic friendships because people put an emphasis on the time you've been together as opposed to the quality of friendship. 
And what would be your advice for someone that felt like they were in one of those toxic kind of friendships and wanted to get out of them? How do you sort of, I guess, dump a friend? You just do. And trust me, I have. Um, you, do, you know, you do it with respect. But I also think that dumping of a friend probably works both ways. I don't think it, for me, it's never been one-sided where I think I've outgrown you or I disagree with a lot of things that you say. We're not on the same, uh, you know, we're just not on the same path or anything. I think it works both ways because I also, if you've noticed that, they've noticed that. I don't think it's a bad thing to do that. And I think I, I do do that. <laughs> My friends joke like, you always get the scissors out on people. But I'm like, but I do think it works both ways. I think it's for them too. I think it then opens them up to space to have friends. But do you feel like you need to say something and, and like dump dump someone as though it's like a relationship? Or do you feel that you can sort of almost do it just by quietly sort of not being that active? I've done both ways and it depends on your friendship and it depends on how long I think as well and how much that friendship means to you. I don't think if you had a very long friendship that you could just then stop texting them. So they're going to text you back or blah, blah, blah. So I think there's a conversation to be had there. But then there has also been times when I've been quite close to people and naturally we've both parted and we don't need that dialogue. We sort of know what it is, but that's also because those friendships, I didn't have communication with them every day. So that was easier to cut that off. But I do think there's times when you need like conversations and you know, we are all adults. We can have conversations. You you had plenty of conversations with that friend. So this is just another one of those. Mm, yeah, definitely. Your sixth piece of life advice. This is something that you say you've been shown more than you've been told. Can you tell me a bit more about it? So this one comes mostly, I'd say, from my dad, if anyone. I don't know if he realises there's debt. There's good debt and there's bad debt. But he never really bought things that he couldn't afford. Like, we wouldn't just get a new sofa because he wanted a new sofa. I was really reluctant to get a credit card. I had um, my first credit card at 21 that I think they made me apply for when I got to university. And I actually cut it up because I couldn't get my head around that. It wasn't my money. And if I were putting it on this card, then it meant that at some point, I'd still have to pay it off, and clearly I couldn't pay it off. However, as I've got older, I've realised there's good debt and there's bad debt, and you can have a credit card and you can use it wisely, and it can actually work in your favour for your credit rating or money management. That only came with age. But for me, I don't tend to buy anything massive, any big splurges, if I don't have the money there and then. I don't. I got a car and I made sure that I had the money there and then, even though the cost was split over a period of time. Um, it's just something that I saw them doing and I've always been good with money. I've been saving since I was like six because my one of my sisters, I'm one of seven um, and I was one of the youngest, she wanted to be an accountant and so she used to take us pocket money off us, save it and we'd buy then buy people's Christmas presents with it. But she used to come around with her little notepad and get it off and put it in a money box. And wow. so it was instilled in us from five, six to give her every week savings and that just then I got to 12 and I opened my first bank account and now saving money is just something that comes so naturally to me and is your sister an accountant yes but she doesn't um, look after my books <laughs> amazing how amazing that's so cool and do you think it would mean that were you to say land you know a massive Hollywood role 
um, or a recurring part in, I don't know what the dream is for an actor, like a Netflix, big budget Netflix series or something. Do you think you'd be a, a not very good rich person because you just wouldn't want to spend the money? Yeah. Um, I always describe myself as being tight and everyone's like, you're not. Because I always buy things and I always buy things for people. But I just don't splurge. Like it don't, I don't wear my money. I don't splurge. I don't, I like nice clothes, but they're not expensive. They're not cheap by any stretch of the imagination. Because another thing I think is if you buy cheap, you buy twice. And I've learned that because I'm always ripping my cheap socks. So I just have to buy them again. But I don't, I don't have expensive taste. I don't eat fancy food. I don't drink. So it's quite like, so it's very easy for me to save because I don't indulge in a lot of stuff. But then I always describe myself as being tight. Like, would you just be sitting on this money if you came into it? Or would you buy like an amazing house in LA or like, would you just wouldn't? Um, I would definitely, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not very good at investing either, Um, but I definitely buy property because I think it'd help my life not having to worry about rent and all that kind of stuff. But I don't, I could not imagine going, oh, I've got a big house in another place. One, what a waste of money. Two, who's looking after it? And three, I always think, who's cleaning it? Because I'm not even cleaning my small flat. <laughs> Amazing. We're on to your your final piece of advice, which is um, actually some bad advice. Um, so something that you've been told that you're maybe quite pleased that you didn't actually listen to in the end. Um, and that is, which people I'm sure have heard of it before, There's a saying that says, go hard or go home. A lot of people refer to this saying when they're talking about going to the gym or life. And weirdly enough, Beyonce just brought a song out, which is um, Break My Soul. And I think people are talking about the fact that she's saying we should quit our jobs and not work so hard. It talks about having to work nine to five and they're working so hard. And so I think it's like, it feels like that song is the direct opposite of the advice. And I just don't think you should like go hard or go home. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've used that advice. I'd go to the gym, I'd go all out, I'd lift really, really heavy weights and then I'd go home. And the problem is you go home and you don't go back to the gym because you're hurting. And so I stay home and it just don't work for me. I think life is too short, life is for living. You're supposed to enjoy it. And I honestly don't believe working so hard is going to make me retire any earlier. Nor do I want to retire any earlier. I don't want to be sat in my house doing nothing. And so personally for me, go hard or go home just don't work. There's just got to be a middle ground where I think I'm more likely to continue the gym journey if I go at a nice steady pace. I'm likely to go again the next day. I think if I worked all hours under the sun for my acting job, like I'm also going to get bored of doing it too. I'm going to burn out. We're only humans. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't drive your car for 24 hours, seven days a week and expect it to work. And essentially we're just a machine that can break down and I'm really really good at relaxing (laughs) it's so funny you say that because I've just was saying the exact same thing this week I was saying I think I'm too good at self-care yeah I should live till I'm about 100 because I enjoy myself I okay I don't look after myself in terms of food but like I use good products I massage my face I put oil on my hair I relax I put my feet up I watch television I stop watching television when I'm bored I don't finish full series if it bores me and I don't finish reading books if I don't like them I'm really good at being in the house (laughs) so good I love it um Mandip it's been so lovely to talk to you thank you so much and um how long is your run in the play uh we finish on the 4th of September it's a limited run um but it I'm, bi- I'm not biased at all, actually, I have to say. I think it's a brilliant play. It's well 
written and it's such a good night out okay great i'm definitely going to get some tickets thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your life advice today it's been great chatting to you thank you for having me lottie thanks so much for joining us on another episode of grazia life advice If you also had a wannabe accountant as a sibling, then perhaps you could share the episode with them. It really helps us reach new audiences when you share. So thank you. See you next time.